Hello, and welcome to Here's My Number, So Call Me Ishmael, the podcast formerly known as Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Aces. It's a cultural quiz show, and so much more. I'm Tony, and I am joined today by Mr. Mr. Austin Sisson. Austin, how are you? I'm doing great, Tony, and thank you for pronouncing my name the right way. I got a call today at work from a lady that I uh, have worked with in the past numerous times who left me a a voicemail as if for a stranger (laughs) saying this message is for Austin Cison. Cison, huh? Cison. Yeah, it could be a a French Cison. Oof. Little mic pop there. Oh, my, my 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 pop filter can only handle so much. <laughs> no, the best the best pop filter will filter out all your dad jokes. Mm. It's a pop. It's a pop filter. Oh, a pop filter. It's a pop um, filter. How about that uh, legislation they tried to pass in New York City? Oh sure, yeah, yeah. That's sort of a, a pop filter for everyday life. Yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah, I think I think that's it. Those are the, <laughs> those are the two pops. You got your dad's and you got your sodas, and those are the two, the two main pop types. <laughs> oh, which leads us into uh, this episode really nicely, I think. Uh, does it? I don't know. I was just trying to do what you usually do, but <laughs> see the art of it, Austin. The art of it, Austin, is waiting until the moment where it actually does lead us into the theme of the episode. Oh, okay. Let's let's keep jawing a little bit. Although before before we go into the episode, I want to make another pop filter joke, and that is that pop filters filter out the word pop from everything. So, for instance, I would be talking about let's say popcorn, and you would think, based off of what comes through my pop filter, that I was just talking about corn. Oh, interesting. Um, I'm trying to think of another compound word besides popcorn. Well, maybe popsicle. Oh. You'd keep thinking, why does Tony keep talking about sickles? Hey, why is he licking sickles? Why is he, surely sickles are much too sharp to be licked. Why are sickles such a summer treat? <laughs> the harvest, I would have thought. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Pop uh, goes the weasel. Yeah. <laughs> what is this nursery rhyme? Goes the weasel. <laughs> what is this Dr. Seuss book? Hop on. Hop on. <laughs> <sighs> So that's that's the that's the another thing another uh, uh, thing that that pop filters could do that they don't actually do. Yeah. Pringles Pringles uh, tagline would be very boring. <laughs> or... Once you what Pringles? Once you what? <laughs> Once you you can't stop. <laughs> do you think that we should explain for the for the peasants for the peons? For the the Philistines, the uninitiated, what a pop filter is, or do you think that's that's common knowledge? Yeah, well, let's explain it. Okay, a pop filter is the little like black screen that goes in front of a microphone, and it apparently catches some some sound waves in such a way as to remove the sort of harsh popping sound that you get from plosives. So if I were to say, pretty pathetic. Puma, if I didn't have my pop filter, it would sound a lot more aggressive. I mean, even the word pop filter. Right. It's got a lot of plosives in it. Well, good to know. I, maybe I should get one. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a worthy investment. They're like six bucks on Amazon. So. Let's see. Pop. Um, 
pop is is oh, he's still is to, ba- pop is bad for you, still but still trying to shoehorn. Yeah, like pop is something that's bad for you, but people Im- imbibe it anyway because they it makes them feel good. Okay, I like um, where this is going. And this week's theme is about heroin. It is about it is about the opioid crisis in America. We've actually turned here's my number so called me Ishmael into a current events podcast. And in case you're wondering, we're very biased. <laughs> in truth, Austin, and and I think I think that I think that the non silly side of you was trying to get there, but the silly side of you sort of derailed us. But the non silly mm. side of you is getting us. To the fact that the theme of today's episode is, is smoking. Mm. Like a smoke, like smoking gun? Smoking. Gun smoke? Gun smoke is a form of smoke. Some other forms of smoke. Uh, industrial waste sometimes takes the form of smoke. Mm. Liquid. Liquid? If you don't, If you don't have time to, like, smoke a pork butt... On a Sunday afternoon, you might throw in a dash of liquid smoke into the pressure cooker. I see. I see. I would. I would never do that. <laughs> I, would, I would never do that. You're. You're. A, you're a chef. You're a chef that's too real, or too real for liquid smoke. Other forms of smoke. You got uh, smoke on the water. That's a form of smoke. It is. Although the smoke on the water could be one of any of these forms of smoke thus far. Sure. Yeah, that's true. Um, you've got Supreme Leader Smoke <laughs> from that new Star War. <laughs> the great, the great villain. <laughs> Who had, at some point, uh, smokes on screen, if you know what I mean. No spoilers. Uh, well, no spoilers. No spoilers. But I do know what you mean. <laughs> oh, but no spoilers. I'm, I'm guessing that the majority of our demographic is probably caught up by now. Yeah, probably. Um, but no spoilers. That's not what we're about. Yeah. yeah. Sure. And if you pronounce it uh, a little differently, you've got that that food that's so popular right now where you just kind of pile the fish and the rice. It's raw. But I think you pronounce it smoke bowl, not a <laughs> okay. Not a smoke bowl. Yeah. But that's close enough. Yeah, so that's another kind of smoke. So those are some kinds of smoke uh, that we've just been <laughs> just been rapping rapping back and forth about. Yeah, so we're gonna be talking about smoke today, Austin. And our first category is smoking in Disney movies. Mm-hmm. You may be familiar with Disney from the recent Star Wars films and uh, perhaps some other movies. There is a quote from a, a, a Disney director by the name of David David Lowry. David Lowry. Austin, how would you pronounce this? I'm going to spell a word, and I want you to tell me how you'd pronounce it. L O W. Low. <laughs> Austin. L O W E R Y. I would pronounce it Lowry. Lowry. Yeah. Okay. Well, the director of the new Pete's Dragon. He said that there are there are three things that that a Disney contract forbids. Can you would you like to guess what those three things are? Uh, child abuse. No. Although <laughs> they should forbid that. Yeah, but by omission, they're kind of saying Disney tacitly approves of all but three activities. <laughs> right. Well, <clears throat> surely not drinking, because 
Yeah, there are a lot of drunk characters. Drinking is not on the list, but Austin, a, a vice that is often proximate to drinking, does appear on the list. And this vice is relevant to the theme of this episode. So oh, smoking. Yeah. Smoking. Smoking. Okay, sure. How about tampering with a smoke detector on an aircraft? Because okay. it's it's yep. uh, exactly prohibited by state law. Well, that's federal law. That's Austin. Have you been have you been tampering with smoke detectors on airplanes? Because that's not a state law. That's a federal law. Oh, I thought that once you were in that brief moment that you crossed the state line. I know it's all states, but if you're between if you're between <laughs> right. states, I see. So it's now. Here's the question, Austin: Is is the state to which that law applies? Is that the state you take off from? Is it the state you land in, or is it the state you're flying over at the time you tamper with it? Once again, I think it's all three. It's just the the oh, wow. It's it's the state line. It's that it's that moment. I see. So no one really gets away with it. So smoking, um, I don't know, killing an animal. I'll give you the last two because you've, you've tried so hard. The last two are, he says, <clears throat> David Lowry says, when you sign a contract with Disney, the things that says your film cannot have are beheadings, impalement, or smoking. Man, so uh, we're, we're not going to get that vampire franchise from Disney anytime <laughs> soon, I don't think. Beheadings in <laughs> impalement or smoking. Yeah, those are in increasing likelihood of activities that I would participate in. Mm. Because I think I would never accidentally or intentionally behead someone. There is a a, a small but non-zero chance that I would impale someone. Right. And I would say there is, you know, a not large but you know by comparison large chance that I might smoke something. Right. Yeah. Not large though. Not not in this house. Not not, not necessarily. No. Could you put those three things in order of likelihood that you would you would participate in them? I might say, I think that I would behead someone before I'd impale them. Interesting. Um, sort of a mercy a mercy killing approach. Or more that if uh, you know if I've resolved to to do this, um, I, I don't want them. I don't want that look of of betrayal. While they uh, they kind of like grab onto my hands and like look me in the eye and it's like why why would you do this um, that you get with an impaling but with a beheading it's kind of just I mean it's over. you can you can walk away by the time their 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 dome has hit the ground and right yeah it's over. so you're saying beheading's number one. Oh yeah, and smoking would be a hard three. <laughs> okay, like it's it's maybe like a tie for first and then a second. Sure. Yeah, beheadings and impalement. Uh, yeah, okay. That makes sense. I, I did find some violations of these rules in Disney films. Can you think of any examples of beheadings that have occurred in Disney films? Um, trying to think of something uh, magical. Maybe, uh, isn't there a part in Aladdin where G's like holding onto his head? There is. I will say, because you brought it up, all three of these have a sort of magical bent to them. So yes, the genie from Aladdin, when he wants to tell Aladdin that he's not allowed to kill anyone, demonstrates what it would be like to kill someone by beheading himself. Oh, yeah. As if, because Aladdin's so freaking stupid. Right? How do you you kill someone? Cut cut that off. That's my Robin Williams. <laughs> That's very, that was that was your Robin Williams as the genie. It was very good. I would say that. Well, my 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 guest, 
who's here at my apartment right now, is frantically mouthing the words Oliver and Company. And for beheading? For, uh, for smoking, sorry. I'm, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm moving yes. On. Do you know the scene? Because I used to quote the scene as a child all the time. Is it a scene where Fagin is telling off a, a scoundrel, a young scoundrel? I haven't read it in a long time or seen it. There might be a, a smoking scene in Fagin, but there's also a scene where the Chihuahua, uh, they break into the rich poodle's house, and the Chihuahua is lounging on the poodle's pillow and i believe is smoking a cigar at that point and he says if this is torture chain me to the wall <laughs> so is that torture <laughs> uh there is like, somebody says something about torture and he says if this is torture chain me to the wall <laughs> so i used to quote that pretty often when i was enjoying life for some re- for whatever reason yeah, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna quote that tonight. I, I encourage you to do so. No, so there are there are a few more beheadings. Um, Both, they all have a magical bent. Okay, they do have a magical bent, perhaps a, a, a magical side to them. Pinocchio? Would there be no. a time when uh no? No, not a bad guess, but uh. So Pinocchio, no. That's <laughs> Pinocchio, no. Let's see. So Aladdin, um. If you were trying to terrify someone in a in, at night on a country road in the northeastern United States, uh, uh, and the alternate question is, Austin, are you an idiot about <laughs> about everything? <laughs> yes, Ichabod. Yes, Crane, in the Legend of, the in the Legend Sleepy, of Sleepy Hollow. Hollow. Yes. One of the most macabre examples of, an, of Western animation, I think, that I've ever seen. It's horrifying. I watched it last it's year. Pretty macabre. Pretty macabre. And yes, the villain's name is the Headless Horseman, which is actually, upon consideration, a bit of a misnomer because he does have that he does have that uh, pumpkin head. Right. Yeah. Zing. We got him. <laughs> eat, sh- eat shit, Disney. <laughs> and then the last one is Olaf the snowman from frozen mm-hmm. his head kicked off at one point now i haven't seen frozen okay sorry for the spoiler event i should have <laughs> should have preempted that that's all right do you want to kill a snowman <laughs> awesome that joke would have been the joke was very good it would have been better if it were actually in the tune of that song right i kind of <laughs> sang it to the tune of uh do you want to know a secret that beat that beatles song <laughs> Do you want to kill a snowman? (laughs) (laughs) Do you promise not to tell? Oh, oh, man. Okay, beheadings. Okay, so... uh, So those are are the three beheadings. There is also one impalement. Well, pirates, there's an impalement, but I don't don't know if that's in the the realm of... Yeah, yeah, this is... I have limited myself to animated films. Okay. Sounds like something that would be in The Hunchback of Notre Dame. But I say that for another another, another, ma- another macabre film, right? And you know gargoyles and and such. Mulan? No, at least at least not as far as I know. There is a lot of sword play in Mulan. Right. You do people do get impaled by swords in real life, but I don't know if people get impaled by swords in Disney films. Right. There's a lot more uh, beautifully choreographed dance and bloodless <laughs> bloodless victory. Yeah, there are there are there are many features of Disney films which are which are not true to life, that lack verisimilitude. Mm. 
The lack of sword impalements is just one. Now, verisimilitude was a character in A Bug's Life, right? (laughs) (sighs) He was the guy, there's the caterpillar guy. (laughs) Uh, I will tell you, the weapon by which the character gets impaled is the, I believe it's called the prow of the boat. Like the the sticky outy, what's that called? Uh, it's called the prow, right? Yeah, I'd say so. That's why they call it the proud Mary, <laughs> um, because it did yep. have a front and a back. <laughs> yep. So is it a uh, uh, Peter Pan? He's not Peter Pan, although another good guess. Ah, uh, Little Mermaid. Yes, it, yes. Although it's not the Little Mermaid herself, it's not Ariel <laughs> who gets. Who gets impaled. That's how she loses her voice. <laughs> she gets impaled through the neck. <laughs> it's a double It's a double whammy, because it's a beheading and an impalement. Man, it would wrap up a lot of plot holes. <laughs> like, uh, I would have told you before, but, like, it happened so fast. Yeah, it's very, very much the, the Game of Thrones approach to wrapping up plot holes, which is, which is just to kill the characters involved. <laughs> Tie up loose ends. Beautiful. And uh, we're on to smoking, I think. We are on to smoking, although I do need you to name the villain in The Little Mermaid before I give you the points. Isn't it uh, Rosie O'Donnell? (laughs) It is. Yes, Mr. Rosie O'Donnell. Who's the enemy of another uh, (laughs) red-haired... red-haired fish monster. Yep. Yep. And that's our political joke for the evening. That's right. Sometimes we get political. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, Ursula. So, yes, we are finally now back to smoking in Disney films. You've mentioned a few. I wonder if there are a few more that you can mention. The Caterpillar in uh, Adventures in Odyssey or whatever the hell it's called. Uh, <laughs> um, smokes a hookah. Alice's, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. He smokes a hookah. Yes. Uh, in fact, the more recent Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland is rated PG for the following. Fantasy action slash violence involving scary images and situations and for a smoking caterpillar. Interesting. Um, and then there's a winky face after that. Because smoking, cater- smoking caterpillar is almost more of a uh, entendre than just... <laughs> than an actual smoking caterpillar. Right. I would also say... Pinocchio, there is smoking in that one, right? Because the donkey, there is. the donkey boys. That's yes, that's what they, they call those kids. <laughs> the donkey boys. Yes, when they visit Pleasure Island. Oh, Pleasure so Island. And they never. It's so sad because they never leave that that room. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what untold pleasures there were to be? Yeah, we could have. Yeah, Pinocchio would have been rated R for a lot more than Caterpillar donkey smoking. <laughs> Let's see other ones. I bet uh, I bet Aladdin has an example of that too. It does. Being yes. set in a uh, fictional, slightly stereotypical Arab. Yeah, you would think that there would be some, perhaps some some hookah smoking in Agrabah, but you'd be wrong. The, it's actually genie and the magic carpet are seated at a a romantic dinner table together, and uh, he he blows a smoke heart. Wow, from a pipe or just from his mouth? Uh, I think it's a cigar that he's got. Uh. Thick boy. Thick boy, <laughs> as, as they're known in the in the industry, in the tobacco industry. Uh, you have a thin boy or a thick boy? <laughs> Cuban thick boys. 
Cuban Cuban thick voice uh, does not sound like a cigar. Is and I'm I'm not gonna say any more about that. It's very different. Have I missed any? Did you mention a certain villain whose crimes include trying to kill puppies for a coat and driving too fast on a bendy road? Yes. You mentioned Cruella Deville. No, I didn't. But uh, yeah, I uh, she's got it on a long stick. Um, yeah, she's got the big cigarette holder. Crazy woman driver. Also, in a in a rare instance of a good guy of a protagonist smoking. Basil of Baker Street. Well, yes, uh, but also the Roger, the Pongo's owner, smokes a pipe in the beginning of the film. Oh, interesting. Cool. You may have mentioned Peter Pan. Did you mention Peter Pan? I did. You mentioned Peter Pan. Also, Hercules. There is a Hercules. There is a, a scene in which Hades smokes a cigar and it blows up in his face. In kind of the uh, the the comic fashion, yes. where it kind of splays out like a rings of a barrel. Yes, it is. It is more of a silly scene than it is a dramatic scene. Uh, right. Uh, con- contrary to most of Hades' scenes right. in that movie. <laughs> Yeah, it's really the dramatic film. And that sort of brings me to my point, which is I I would guess that the reason that they don't want smoking in their movies is that they think, you know, they don't want to encourage children to smoke. But I think if they showed movies or showed characters smoking and bad things happening, they might be able to get away with it. Yeah, kind of a morality tale, but more of a direct one from them. That's why no one saw Pete's Dragon, because, uh, like, what's a dragon without smoke? (laughs) Yep, exactly right. (laughs) And and where there's there's fire, there's smoke. Where there's smoke, Austin, there's... Where there's fire, there's smoke, (laughs) Austin. And dragons breathe smoke fire. So... Right, Yeah. Well, there we go. Which actually, Austin, that, that sort of accidentally leads me into our next category, which is not intentional, but is so smooth. Like a, like a camel. This, this episode is sponsored by Camel Lights, the <laughs> smoothest smoke you're going to get yeah. from, from a cigarette. Austin, you're jumping ahead one category, so give, give oh. me that again when we're done with this category. All right. The next category is the Academy Awards and smoke-free movies. Now, I'll, I'll say that again. The Hackademy Awards, which is a clever portmanteau of the word hack and academy, where hack is a reference to coughing. Mm. Coughing is a frequent byproduct of smoking. And academy is a reference to the motion picture academy. Now, I thought you were referring to the year that Gene Hackman won for Hoosiers. <laughs> it's, you know what? And he really swept every category. <laughs> that was, yeah. So when you go to the Wikipedia page for Academy Awards, there, there are two links. There's a disambiguation page where one is the year that Gene Hackman wins, and the other is the link to the Youth Choice Awards given by the Smoke Free Movies Association, awarding movies for their representation of smoking or lack thereof. Hmm. Beautiful. Well, the first the first Wikipedia entry would be my fan fiction about Gene Hackman winning any kind of award for Hoosiers. <laughs> um. Right. It's yeah. It's the Austin Sisson 
<laughs> fan fiction website dedicated to Gene Hackman winning Academy Awards for every movie he's in, including but not related to Hoosiers. Hoosiers, which I'm reading right now that it was, it's been listed by many publications as one of the best sports movies ever made, which is not a very tough category to ace, I would think. Uh, dog, let me list some of the greatest sports movies of all times. Well, first of all, Hoosiers, we've already mentioned that. Remember yeah, the number Titans. one, obviously. Remember the Titans, dog. We are Marshall, Coach Carter, <laughs> Rudy. Yeah, these are all cool runnings. These are all American films about sport, but they're about more than sport. They're about integrity. They're about teamwork. They're about bringing people together. That's true. So I have a, I have a few movies here that have been awarded. Well, excuse me, no, I just have. So I must have just <laughs> gathered one year of data. <laughs> for movies that received the thumbs up or thumbs down rating from the children responsible for for the ha- <laughs> Academy Awards. So this is from a few years ago. Would you like to guess which movie accurately depicts tobacco use as a deadly health threat? So you're asking me about the Academy Awards from an unspecified <laughs> number of years ago. Let me, you know what, Austin, for you, for your sake, I will look up the year when this film came out. I'm racking my brain for a, a movie about children dying of lung cancer, but I can't. Uh, well, dog, <laughs> if you can't think of a movie of children dying of cancer, then that's on you. That's not on me. No, lung cancer specifically. Well, it's, yeah. Okay, fine. Well, a Walk to Remember? No. Is that what that movie's about? <laughs> it's honestly never seen it. I assume it's about lung cancer. Oh, uh, we obviously didn't remember it very well. <laughs> yes, a walk to be forgotten by Tony and Austin. <laughs> uh, let's see here. I, the, so it looks like the film came out in 2014. There is also a book uh, that came... Fault in Our Stars? Yes. Yes, The Fault in Our Stars was lauded by Smoke Free Movies, and in particular by Smoke Free Movies' Academy Awards as accurately depicting tobacco use as a deadly health threat. Can you imagine someone standing up when, uh, what's-his-name finally passes? <laughs> Haven't seen Spoiler. it. I don't know who Spoiler. dies. Spoiler. I, I don't know who dies, or if both of them do. And just starting a slow <laughs> clap. Yes! Finally! <laughs> finally! This is how oh. it should be represented in media for teens. <laughs> Oh. oh man, we're making light of a of a serious a serious problem. Yeah. And a and a bad movie. Yeah. Well, so here's the thing, Austin. I haven't seen it. I shouldn't judge it. Uh, here's the Continue. thing: cancer, death of all kind, death of all kind is serious. But sometimes the way that we stare down our fear of death is by laughing in its face. Mm. And I think that's what we're doing right now. Laughing all the way to the morgue. Ooh. Okay, the next podcast we start is going to be called Laughing All the Way to the Morgue, because that's a good name. (laughs) It's a sequel to My Favorite Murder. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The the film that got the thumbs down from the Academy Awards included more than 100 instances of cigarette smoking without addressing negative consequences. Same year? I believe so. I will double-check. In the nature of informational integrity, I will double-check. Let's see here. Oh, no. 
This must have been for a different year. Man, I, I don't know what my method was for collecting these films. <laughs> but there, there have only been two Hack Academy <laughs> Awards given. Well, yeah. It is a 2008 film. Mm. Described by Wikipedia as a fantasy romantic drama. Fantasy romantic drama. It, too, is based off of a, a written work. You know, I don't usually do this, Tony. And I always tell you when I do. But I just... I brought up a Google carousel of 2008 films, and I'm going to hazard some guesses. <laughs> Tell me when you're ready. I'm, I was born ready. You said fancy, blurring the line between fantasy and high drama, something like that? <laughs> well, I, I, what I said was Wikipedia described it as a fantasy romantic drama film. The way that you interpreted it was a bit more artistic. Okay, so guess number one, Hancock, starring Will Smith. <laughs> It's got some elements of fantasy. It's got drama. Okay, number two, and this one fits in the category very nicely, Prince Caspian, second of the Chronicles of Narnia Ooh. films. Uh, no. <laughs> now, it did not include any smoking in Narnia. I don't think, I don't think that tobacco grows in Narnia. Yeah. Um, okay, number three, and just because of its pure popularity, I thought that I might hazard a guess. Jumper, starring Hayden Christensen. Oh, um, what I think is probably the answer, Tony. What's that? 10,000 BC. <laughs> That's a joke because uh, I think that that probably predated fire. <laughs> and whether or not it predated fire, I believe that tobacco is a new world drug. Mm. And I believe that 10,000 BC takes place in the cradle of civilization, which is in the old world. Interesting, interesting. So stupid guess, Austin. But I think final answer, I'm going to go with The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. That's exactly right. Wow, good clue giving, Tony. Thank you. I did pick it out from a lineup <laughs> that also includes role models, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, yep. uh, Disney's Bolt, that, that timeless classic. and <laughs> That timeless classic, which didn't include any smoking, <laughs> presumably. And... Um, the Frage and Journey to the Center of the Earth. Yeah. It's a great year for film. <laughs> Amazing year for adventure films. All right, good uh yeah, good clue Tony. Give me give me give me something else. So, since we're talking about films, <laughs> which we have been for <laughs> so that was a horrible segue. <laughs> but since we're since we're talking about films, now that you mention um, it, <laughs> Oh, film? Hollywood? <laughs> okay. So let's talk about the actors slash actresses who are featured in the most film most non R rated films since two thousand two where they smoke. Wow, what a crazy metric. Yeah, this is this is brought to us by Smoke Free Movies. And the reason they exclude R-rated films is because they're concerned about the effect on children. They think that presumably children are not being exposed to as many R-rated films as they are to other films. Mm. Now, that being said, I'm not actually sure. So this is not a super, super highly maintained website. So, like, you know, there's pretty good coverage for 2002 to 2004. There's some drop-offs in coverage. I also think they include some R-rated movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's no, so it's no movie body counts website. Exactly, it is nothing like movie body counts. Heralding back to our our, our first episode. Yeah, if you if you could come up with these, I'll be very impressed. 
Since 2008, you say? Or 2004? 2002. 2002. Again, this is... This should be taken as extremely approximate. How about... Let me pull up some of the uh, example films. Oh, I do see see a 2017 one on this list, so it must be... How about about Charlie's Theron? Well, interesting fact, and, and, you know, you've, you've sort of busted right through the the setup that i wanted to do for this fact but interesting fact the first woman to appear on the list is at 41st place oh my goodness can you believe it that is incredible so i honestly thought we were doing actresses i don't know where i went wrong well i Um, did say I, i led into this by saying actors and actresses and i wonder maybe if you stopped listening for the fraction of a second where i said actors and and you only heard when I said actress. It's more like I only start listening when the ladies come into the picture. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Let's see. So the first, so just to be clear, you haven't heard a thing I've said this entire episode. But then you heard the word actresses, and you just threw out the name Charlize Theron. Yeah, it's just been muscle memory until I'm like a sleeper agent, and that's my trigger word. And my canned response is Charlize Theron. I'm the, I'm the. Mantheronin candidate. Exactly. That's a stretch. Okay, actors. Let's say popular actors since 2004. How about Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Joseph Gordon-Levitt? I don't even see him. Where is is that man? I don't see him anywhere even in the top. Okay, don't rub it in. So I'm thinking of people who have kind of just been in a lot of movies in that time frame, but but maybe I should be thinking about men that men that look haggard now. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt appears in six films, smoking, and the the top one appears in eleven. Oh, okay. How about uh, Bruce Willis? <laughs> okay, uh, so you're, you're limiting yourself to actors who appear in the movie Looper. <laughs> Uh, yeah, how about, uh, let's go with Paul Dano and Jeff Daniels. <laughs> Final answer. Bruce Willis, again, does not appear very high. Bruce Willis can be seen smoking in, looks like, eight movies. Okay. Okay. So you're working your, you're working your way up. How about Seth Rogen? Okay. Now that's, but see, I don't know if they're counting, uh, marijuana. The ganj. You think they're, you think they're counting green? Because if so, then... His entire discography is... Right. You think they're counting herb? Let's see if they're counting herb. Ah, uh, it appears they do not. Okay, give me, hint, give me a hint for number one. I will be shocked if you get number one, so I'm just going to give it to you. It's John Leguizamo. Oh man, of course it is. So, if you had gotten that, I would have been enormously impressed. He can be seen smoking in 11 films. Now, there are two men who might come to mind who have smoked in 10 films. Credits include, and I will, I will start maybe with less common and work my way towards common. Uh, common, is, re- common is number one. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, and, and, the, and the John Leguizamo thing, um, I, I hate to throw a bone to a much more successful podcast than us, but um, in the McElroy Brothers inspired website which one vapes um which just populates images of celebrities and you can guess who's most likely to vape <laughs> who's more likely to vape i think that john leguizamo was at number one for a good spell 
Okay, well, there you go. People, it's, it turns out that it really is his presentation of himself as an actor, as a man who smokes in his films, is affecting his public image. Mm. Let me list off some, some films in which the second most common smoker appears. Pirate Radio. He also appears in Red Dragon. Mm. Well, I haven't heard of Pirate, pirate Radio. Ooh, man, that's a tough one because I can see... Let me let me keep going. Don't don't guess and make a fool of yourself. But I'm going to lose points the more you go through. Okay, if you want to risk it, here's how here's how it goes, Austin. If you guess now and guess correctly, you get more points. But if you guess now and get it wrong, you lose ten points. Mm. Have you seen Red Dragon? I have seen it, but it has been a very long time. If you could, uh, of the three star male stars of that film. One being least charismatic and three being most charismatic. Um, where does the smoker, where does the smoker fall in your opinion? That's a good question. I, I'll tell you this: the person who smokes in this film is the only one of the characters, or excuse me, the only, the only actor in this film who smokes is the actor about whom I'm talking. So if you remember any characters smoking in that movie, it will be the character, the actor that I'm thinking of. Philip Seymour Hoffman? You are exactly right. Let's go! Very well done. That's a lot of, that's bonus points, because I was going to work my way up. I was going to go, I was going to go Mission Impossible 3. Mm-hmm. I thought that, hmm, maybe. You know, there's a few famous people in that one. I would have I triangulated it by Mission Impossible 3, Tony. Don't, yeah, don't take me for a fool. I... <laughs> You gave me three films. I'm going to get it in three. Yeah. You are going to literally try and get it. My next podcast is going to be Red Dragon Trivia. <laughs> I can't believe that I could conjure the one person that smoked with complete really, complete confidence. I really am very impressed by that. Well, I guess the Hackademy smoke-free movies really got their way, didn't they? Yeah, it sounds like it. Good job, guys. He was a a living version of of reasons people shouldn't smoke. Ugh. Same game with the second guy. Hack. Are you ready? Hack and slash. That was some hacking. Uh, Are you ready? I'm ready. He was in a film called The Watch in 2012. He was in a film called Mr. and Mrs. Smith in 2005. All right, give me give me that third. <laughs> Here it comes. He was in a film called Old School in 2003. The Watch. Mr. and Mrs. Smith in Old School. Three movies. Three American films. That I have not seen. That you have not seen. Uh, perhaps it will help you if I list some movies that you have seen. E.G. Anchorman. Mmm... Let's say uh, William Farrell. It is. It is. You know what? It's not. It is not William Farrell. Which is uh, funny. Though, I just realized that Farrell Williams and and Will Farrell are kind of a backwards. Oh my god. Are they? Are they the inverse of one another? <laughs> as long as Will Farrell continues to age, Farrell Williams will age in reverse. Yeah, they could almost be one of the intros to this podcast. You could. You could do Farrell William Farrell. <laughs> Oh, God. Okay, so it's not Vince Vaughn. It is Vincent Vaughn, the one and only. The one and only. 
He's a smoker boy. Now, interestingly, when I originally did the research for this, which was a while ago, Leonardo DiCaprio was listed as having in third place as having 10 films in which he smokes. But I just checked it now, and he's now listed as having only nine films. So I don't know what happened in the last few months, but, but I think a Leonardo DiCaprio movie got unreleased. Or perhaps they realized that he didn't smoke in one of his movies? Yeah, I mean, Shutter Island was mostly a dream, so I don't know if that, oh, I don't know if that counts. Okay. Yeah, they don't count dream states. Yeah. Man. And the final thing for this category, can you guess the woman? So you, you, didn't, you mentioned a, a, a woman in the form of Charlize Theron. She is not the person, not the woman who was the highest-ranked woman. Can you guess who the highest-ranked woman would be? Um, Michelle Rodriguez. <laughs> it's not Michelle Rodriguez. Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> it's no one. Sarah no one Michelle Geller. No one, no one by that name appears on this list. And I actually see now that there are two women who are tied for this spot. So, so you can you now have a potential t- two guesses. Okay. Well, you can tell that I'm clearly phoning them in <laughs> at, this, <laughs> at this point. So yes. I will take a hint if you have one ready for me. I will give you some hints in the same form that I've been giving them before. <laughs> okay. Uh, here's a movie that I didn't even realize existed, but we'll probably give it away. She was in a film called Titanic 3D. Mmm. Is that the one where the piranhas come? <laughs> yeah, the Titanic, instead of the Titanic, Titanic being taken down by an iceberg, it's taken down by piranhas. So this could be either Kathy Bates... Uh, it could also be Rose. Yes, it is. It is in fact. Yeah, Rose. and I would I would go with that one because she's seemed a little more relevant in recent years. Yes, Kate Winslet is tied with Scarlett Johansson. Oh, Scarlett, Miss Scarlett. Yes. So you've got your smoky boys and your smoky girls. All bad influences on the youth of America. So interesting that Scarlett Johansson is. And I'm not saying that this is my personal opinion, but is arguably, you know, the sex symbol actress, female actor. Yeah. Um, and is also the the smokiest. Yeah. So do you, would you say that that more men find smoking? Do you think there's any kind of relationship there? Interesting. Because I I don't think that many women would rank John Leguizamo as their <laughs> sexiest. Well, that was that was going to be my counter argument. Is you would think if smoking was sexy and Hollywood wanted to make sexy films that they would have more women smoke. And the fact that way more men appear on this list than women leads me to believe that it's not as sexy as you seem to think it is. I I, I never said that I seem to think anything about it. (laughs) It doesn't quite reach the level of fetish that you've brought. I am looking at the data, Tony. (laughs) <laughs> it's true. and making assumptions also what should we be saying should we do do we say actress still i think when you are intentionally trying to distinguish between a man and a woman or should i say a person who identifies as a man and a person who identifies as a woman i think it's reasonable to use actor and actress to distinguish between those two mm. but i don't think we always need to use gendered language i think it's just sometimes it's convenient it's convenient it's convenient because i know that uh Waitstaff is not that you know you don't you don't really say waitress anymore. You would say right. yeah server or server servstress servstress yeah the, the gendered language has advanced. Um, 
it's you don't say policeman anymore. You say police officer and police officeress. <laughs> Officerette. <laughs> and it's played by Bo Derek. Even <laughs> more, make it even more diminutive. Yeah. <laughs> All right, take me home, brother. Our final category for the day is cigarette mascots and cigarette mascots. <laughs> I would say, I might say, wool mascots. Okay. <laughs> yeah, wool mascots. Mascots and wool mascots. So the Marlboro Man is a, is a mascot. And this conversation we're having about gendered language and, and gender in society more generally is relevant. And I would like you, as my trivia guesser man, not my <laughs> tri- trivia guess woman triviette i would like you to guess what the connection is what do the marlboro man and uh conceptions of gender and society have to do with one another i would say that there was probably a big push to make cigarettes manly at some point in probably the 50s and 60s yes and, and in particular so you've got the theme and i'll i'll, I'll take it home Marlboro, in particular, was branded towards women in, with advertising slogans such as Ivory Tips to Protect Your Lips and Mild as May. Ivory Tip is definitely something that a man came up with in the advertising. <laughs> <laughs> putting, those, putting those two words together with lips. <laughs> That's good. Uh, yes. But yes, it was Marlboro specifically was branded to women, and they wanted to make it more masculine. Mm. And their original strategy was to have a bunch of, and I'm going to put, I, you can't see me, Austin, but this is an important gesture. I, I, every single time I'm saying the word masculine here, I'm putting giant quotes around it. Because Austin, society defines masculinity, it defines femininity. It defines what people consider to be masculine, what people consider to be feminine. All these things, Austin, are social constructions. And I, I know, as an individual, that these are socially constructed objects. And I want to make it clear to our listeners, who are forward-thinking, that I know that. Mm, I appreciate that, Tony. Do you have anything that you would like to say about the construction of gender in our society? I, th- I think you pretty much covered it. <laughs> Hey, uh, Austin, you want to be put on the spot more? <laughs> <sighs> so, so the reason I say that is the Marlboro Man originally included many people in masculine occupations. Would you like to throw out some guesses as to what the, the masculine occupations were? Fireman. Uh, no. Not a also known as Flamer. Flame, flame Boy. <laughs> flame Boy and Flamette. Okay. Construction worker? Yes, construction worker definitely made an appearance. Now, I'm also going to guess that there are some occupations that here's here's my piece. Okay, here comes <laughs> here comes the soapbox. Let's uh let's kind of clarify this by saying not clarify. I don't know what word I was looking for there. These are occupations that were considered at the time to be predominantly masculine. Scare quotes. Yes. And I think even today there is, you know, we, Austin, listen, culture changes slowly. That's true. 
Ma- male stripper. <laughs> that's one that's that's firmly entrenched in one side of the divide. I think. Sure. Yeah. There is. There is. I have noticed this, Austin. And there is a, a strong cultural bias towards associating occupations that include the word male with masculine. Yeah, it's sort of a, a truism. Or a uh, yeah. Kant had a word for it, but I for can't instance, think of it. For instance, mailman, double whammy. Oh, double whammy. <laughs> so we didn't have construction worker or fire fire person. A uh, construction worker was okay. Yeah. Cool. How about police officer? Uh, no. Not at least not on the list I I saw. I saw cowboy. Well, yeah, so it was included as one of the originals, and then it sort of became exclusively cowboys. But I'm looking for the non-cowboy occupations that were included. Hmm. Man, I'm really, I'm so forward-thinking that I can't, I can't dredge <laughs> up a job that a woman couldn't do better than a man um, at any point in history. I'm sorry. I don't know what you want from me. You're just going to have to tell me. <laughs> have you considered sea captain? Oh, a seaman. That's it's also a bit self yeah, referential. Golfer. There was a golfer picture. Yes, yes, okay. I saw I saw listed written I saw a gunsmith. I don't know what a picture of a gunsmith would look like, so I that's not one of the ones I saw a picture of. I like to picture uh if a blacksmith, you know, pounds on pieces of metal, then a gunsmith pounds on guns. <laughs> right. <laughs> Until they go off. Um, yes, there's a gunsmith, weightlifter. Okay. There's a weightlifter. Sure. There's a war, a war correspondent. <laughs> <laughs> Which felt oddly specific. And as you say, construction worker. Four people who have portrayed the Marlboro Man have died of smoking-related diseases. Oof. Ironic. They could. It's not. It's. It's, it's not really on brand. <laughs> They they sought to save others from death, but not themselves. <laughs> this episode, oh no, I guess that I guess Star Wars Episode Three was not made by Disney, so this this isn't an exclusively Disney episode. Right, and people weren't as much smoking per se as smoking, you know. <laughs> I guess there are the death sticks in a. There were the death sticks. Let us not forget the death sticks in Star Wars Episode Two. And uh, it just came to me what I was looking for earlier with. Uh, with male stripper, it's a, the difference between an analytic proposition and a synthetic proposition. Analytic is contained in the concept. The predicate concept is contained within the subject concept and is true by virtue, whereas I'm not going to describe the other one better. But <laughs> uh, well, I'm very pleased. Yeah. Very pleased that you brought that So, up. yeah. All bachelors are unmarried would be... Would be <laughs> The classic example. True, true by definition. Right. Yes. Um, Joseph Camel. <laughs> and and he would say that the hero's journey starts and ends with smoking. <laughs> <laughs> the call to here's a call to adventure kids: walk down to your local corner store, meet the goddess behind the counter. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, enough of that. Stuff. Okay, Joseph Camel, there's the cool penguin. There is a cool penguin, yes. His name is Willie. Willie the cool penguin. Which is very different than very different than cool Willie. <laughs> yes. There is a 
awesome internal document about the design of Joe Camel that was released as part of, I believe it was released as part of court proceedings related to, you know, the role of cigarette advertising and uh, and children. And in the, in the 90s, there was a there was a kerfuffle about this. There was a hullabaloo about it. And uh, and as part of that, there was a released a document with the title "Contemporary Heroic Camel Mascot." <laughs> <laughs> in, in which they give their guidelines for how how this contemporary heroic camel mascot should appear. <laughs> Let's hear it. Um, some rules. He must be fun and entertaining, contemporary and fresh. <laughs> Colors used for outfits and accessories must be bold and bright. Wherever appropriate, camel colors of blue and yellow should be mm. used. Which is funny because I picture the camel... Joe Camel is wearing a red jacket with a black shirt. Uh, is that a collective false memory? <laughs> well, it's not collective if it's just you. Um, but it's a memory I collected. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, no, he does. He does wear like a black leather bomber jacket and a red shirt underneath it in one of them. In fact, yeah, he does. He wears a lot of suits. Wears a lot of sunglasses. Yeah, actually, you're right. The blue and yellow is not actually super prominent. Yeah, it's not emphasized at least. Interesting. Yeah. It's often it's 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 in the background color scheme. You'll often find blue and yellow, but in the in the character itself, it doesn't. Appear. Now I just googled uh, Joe Camel, and about mm-hmm. three rows down, next to uh, a Joe Camel and an iron lung, courtesy of Family Guy, that good humor. There is a picture of Joe Camel holding a pack of cigarettes that says "penis" above it. Uh-huh. <laughs> awesome, awesome. And I think that you would enjoy that. <laughs> I picture. do see that now in my in in scrolling down my Google image searching. I do see, uh, and it does it does highlight the phallic nature both of penises and of Joe Camel's head to a certain extent. It does, but what it also does is it features the blue and yellow more prominently than any right? real camel ad that I'm seeing here. Yeah, I'm left to wonder if that was an official internal uh, document. <laughs> Uh, feed your oral fixation, camel. Right. Uh, specific issues pertaining to body parts. Hands, although an integral part of the mascot, should serve in a functional capacity only and be minimized so as not to overpower the mascot in its entirety. Which is what happened to the hamburger helper mascot <laughs> and the Arby's mascot. <laughs> Oh man! Thanks, thanks for laughing at that, dog. I, I thought that was, it was very cool. good. Um, um, do you think that the Hamburger Helper mascot's related to the final boss in Smash Bros. '64? Oh, I think there is a very good chance that they. It's. I mean, how many? I mean, how many families of white gloves can there be in this world? Not many. Tail slash hump. The contemporary heroic camel character is the personification of an individualist who is larger than life. Now you're probably wondering, what does this have to do with tails slash <laughs> Well, let me tell you. He possesses human rather than animal characteristics slash traits. If one were to imagine our campaign characters as full-bodied, their physical appearance would resemble that of a heroic individual. To feature a tail slash hump for the mascot would be inconsistent with the existing characters and profile criteria. Mm, right. 
real real camel men don't have tails or humps. Right. Real heroes, real American heroes, Austin, have neither a tail nor a hump. No hunchbacks here. Also, in all cases, the mascot's feet would be covered. Hmm. The type of footwear used would vary by outfit so that each outfit has a consistent and uniform look. Hmm. What's that? That, uh... I I wish I had. I, I'm just kind of basking in that. <laughs> Soak it in. Try to picture Jill Camel's feet right now. I defy you to picture. I his can't, feet. and all I can picture is three, three fingers clutching that cigarette box, <laughs> and it's kind of freaking me out. I'm not looking at photos anymore. I'm just remembering, remembering those ads. When did advertising for cigarettes get kind of blanket banned? Because I don't know why I'm remembering all this camel stuff. I think it was present, at least to a certain extent, when we were children. Let me see here. Let's see here. April 1970, President Nixon signed into law the Public Health Cigarette Smoking Act, banning the advertising of cigarettes on television and radio, starting 2nd of January 1971. Smokeless tobacco ads remained on the air effective until the 28th of August 1986. Even further restrictions took effect under the Family Smoking Prevention and Tobacco Control Act. Effective 22nd of June 2010, the new regulations prohibit tobacco companies from sponsoring sports, music, and other cultural events. Mm. Here we go. Passed in, This is the one that I was thinking of. Passed in 1997, the Tobacco Master Settlement Agreement bans outdoor billboard and public transportation advertising of cigarettes in 46 states. It also prohibits tobacco advertising that targets young people, the usage of cartoons in particular. Mm. Interestingly, Michigan is one of the four states that did not join that uh, ban. And you'll notice I said 46 states, and there are, there are 50 in these United States in total. Michigan was one of the ones not to join it, which is probably why I am constantly so compelled. Yeah, to which is probably why I am dying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, and the the final the final cigarette mascot about which we are going to talk is, as you mentioned, Willie the Cool Penguin, originally seen in 1934, last appearing in 1960. So we probably we probably didn't see that one as a child. We were probably probably unaffected by Willie's wiles. <laughs> uh, uh, man, you may have stolen the only Willie joke. <laughs> Wish I could think. Wily Willie the Cool Wily Penguin. Wily Willie the Cool Penguin. Joe Cool, uh, Joe Camel. Yeah. We, Austin, would you like to guess why they chose a penguin as their mascot? So they, you know, we, we talked about the, the Marlboro Man being an, an effort to make Marlboro cigarettes more masculine. Do you have any thoughts about Willie the Cool Penguin? I'm going to guess because, well, first of all, it's in the name, cool. You want someone cool. cool. Yeah. And while uh, Marlboro and... Um, Camel kind of went with the uh, the more abstract definition of cool. I think cool <laughs> was latching onto a physical definition. But also, is there a menthol tie-in? Kind of that cool. There is 100% a menthol tie-in. And Austin, I I know that you only know that because of your extensive research into the world of cigarettes, not from personal experience. But indeed, there is a there is an extent to which menthol cigarettes are regarded as cool. And they wanted to portray their cool, their menthol cigarettes as fresh as snow. Ooh, fresh as the fallen snow. Yes. Ugh. 
with that. Willie the Cool Penguin was a uh, was a ubiquitous figure in terms of uh, in terms of branded products. There are salt and pepper shakers bearing Willie's image. There are ashtrays bearing his image, which makes a little more sense. Holders for matches, which also makes a little more sense. Mm. And that's why uh, that's why cool cigarettes fell by the wayside. They violated the third commandment. Don't talk about Fight Club? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? You're going to have to remind me what the third commandment Oh, I think is. it's thou shalt not make for yourself an idol, right? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Good call, good call, good call. Anning. Yes, they made for themselves They made for themselves an idol. Salt yeah, what I, what I didn't mention, and, and what, you, what you noticed uh, in your Google searching was, was that in addition to making salt and pepper shakers, they also made idols. <laughs> they made literal golden idols of Willie the Penguin um, that people were forced to worship. Um, much like the Jews in Babylon were forced to worship the, the giant idol of their mm-hmm. god. Or the giant chocolate bunny, for our, <laughs> yes. for our depending for our depending on what your source depending on what your source for biblical stories is, either a, a giant golden idol or a giant chocolate bunny. Uh, well, that's that's all I wanted to talk about and more. Actually, Austin, I did have one final question for you. I'm ready. And that's this: we've been talking about cigarettes, we've been talking about smoking for a while now, and I just I just want you to, I just want to ask you, Austin, is is smoking cool? Smoking is not cool. Smoking is not cool. Okay. No, smoking is not. Cool. I will say that on the on the outside, it seems cool. Sure, I I, I just saw a movie where a lot of people smoked. Now, was it a movie aimed at kids? And did it star John Leguizamo? It was not aimed at kids. It starred uh, Army Hammer and a boy whose name that I forget so often. Incredible movie. Lots of smoking, and the smoking is kind of. Presented in beautiful environs with nice music and a good story and good filmmaking and uh, it's alluring, you know. Made made me want to smoke a cigarette. But let me tell you, it is a cumulative, it's a cumulative effect. Sure. You can't recover from it. You can't recharge your body. It just stacks. So smoking. So what you're saying is smoking seems cool. Yeah, I think it seems cool as someone who. Has before. So you sort of bend to the mountaintop. Smoking is not cool. Smoking is I'm not cool. I'm going to say it. Carte blanche. Okay. Um, I, I think smoking is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to that's gonna be it for us today. That's, that's all we have to say. No, I think smoking I think smoking can be cool. I don't think it's always cool. But yeah. I, think, I, think it's, I think it can be cool. Yeah, I guess it depends on how you define cool. Yeah. Do you want to meet downstairs for a cigarette after this? <laughs> I think that's a good idea. Um, one, t- yeah. one cigarette, two cigarettes. I think that'd be cool. Um, cool. Well, Austin, it's been a long time since we've done our, our due diligence in terms of thanking people. It's true. But I think I remember all the people that we usually thank, and those are... John Leguizamo. John Leguizamo, who partnered with Jude Schuma to make the song that we use as our theme music. Uh, Jude Schuma, awesome music. Give him a listen. Anna, our friend Anna Swearinga, who made our our little our logo, our lo- logo, sort of our our Joe Campbell. Mm. When we when we go to court for advertising to children, we'll have to release our internal documents, which describe how we told <laughs> Anna to make our logo. No feet. 
Anna. She's it's it's a heroic cell phone. <laughs> Put those feet away. Get that hump out of there. Let's get that get that hump out of there. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, <laughs> uh, do we have anybody else we need to thank, Austin? I don't think so. I think that's it. If you want a button, uh, shoot me a text. Oh yeah, we're still we're still rocking buttons. Please let us know. I've had people, Austin. I have had people ask me for them. And I repeatedly forget to get them for them. So yeah, let's do a handoff. Time, yeah, next time we see each other, uh, we'll do a little handies, handies off. Yeah. So you can text me or Austin now at this point. Yeah, text me, text Tony, uh, email us at socallmeishmail at gmail.com. Yes. And as a final thing, I, I, I was just talking with some friends who said that they listened to a few episodes and really enjoyed it. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate everyone who listens because this is a fun little creative thing, and it's fun to share it with people. It's true. So it's true, and it's our uh, it is our our pet project. But uh, we're not going to act like it's not nice to uh, you know get some compliments here and there. Some accolades. Some accolades. Hey, pr- uh, excuse me. Podcast sit, stay. Good podcast. It's a it's our pet project. <laughs> and you know. Uh, I'll end with this, but um, an award we're definitely in the running for is the Smoke Free Podcast Award. <laughs> I'm neither of us have smoked on air, and uh, we will. That is our promise that we will continue to. Our promise to America's youth is we will never smoke while podcasting. Goodbye. I already-